Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, welcome to the Junk Time AFL Podcast for Round 7 2021. We're coming to you from Wayne Jackson Studios and Rod Carter Studios. My name is Michael Chamberlain and joining me is a man who wants to change the markings on the ground. It's Adam Rosenbachs. Uh, g'day, Michael. I'm, uh, I'm disappointed with the way that the round has played out. There were some cracking games. There were some big wins. There were some uh, tight games, but... It was all marred because of the way that the Geelong and Sydney game ended. Now, the AFL have come out and said that Jeremy Cameron should have been paid a mark, Mm -hmm. which wasn't paid. So there was a snap out of the air. Um, I couldn't even tell you who kicked it. That's a good question because there were about 35 people around the ball, weren't there? Yeah, and so it went it went about 20 metres. If you watch the Fox Footy Lab, you know that it went 20 metres. Jeremy Cameron grabbed it out of the air. The umpire said, not 15, play on. It went out of bounds. Basically, he would have been having a shot. Still a tough shot, but he is a left footer. And the shot would have been after the siren as well, right? Is that true? Uh, that is a very good question without notice. Because, yes, it was followed by a ball in which ended up... So, yeah, probably he would have taken his 30 seconds, wouldn't he? So he probably wouldn't have been able to, to hook around on the left either. Well, that would have been play on. That's, no, but aren't you allowed, if you have a natural arc, we'll get back to the, uh, the the distancing in a sec, aren't you allowed if you have a natural, if you're you're allowed to kick around the corner after the siren, isn't that allowed? Didn't they change that rule so you could actually do that? I feel like, I feel like, the, uh, you, I feel like you're refreshing something in my head right now, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, he wouldn't have been able to run around five metres. It would have been limited then. No, yeah, he would have been able to basically step like three paces away from the person on the mark and then kind of run towards them and then... Fucking hell, I would love to see that because that would cause some serious controversy if they went you went one step too far. Yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. But also, like, the very tight boundary, too, at the uh, SCG, as we know. So we wouldn't have had much room to move in either. Well, remember uh, last Let's year... Let's just admit, Carl- he was going to miss, okay? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> it all works point, out properly in the end. <laughs> Fucking forget it. You would have lost by a point instead of two points. Get over yourselves. <laughs> so my, I, I feel for the umpires, right? Because it's hard. Like when wait, 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 says- wait, 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 wait. Adam Rosenbachs. Fuck. You feel bad for the umpires. After what? How many years have we been doing this pod? You have you feel but you feel empathy or sympathy for the umpires. That is that is an emotion without notice, okay? I went to the same empathy training as uh, MP Andrew Lemming. Oh, okay, and, gotcha. And I got shown that sometimes umpires have feelings <laughs> and that sometimes you can feel bad towards these uh, low dog fucks. So all and this I'm time it's just been your ADHD talking. Yes, that's right. I can't help it. I can't help it. All those photos that I've taken on my phone, it's because I've got ADHD. Oh, dude. So, it's really hard. Like, if someone says to you, how far away do you reckon that is? And you go, oh, I reckon it's about 70 metres. How close do you reckon you actually are? Because it's really hard to gauge distances when you're in the when you're on the moment like when you're sitting in the stands and you go oh yeah 50 meters that doesn't look too bad yeah but you know when you're at ground level and you're at the 50 you're like fucking hell this is a long way out from goals and then watch old games before they had the 50 meter um yeah and you go i don't know if they've kicked that 35 meters or they've kicked that 55 meters 
it's really hard to tell. Mm. So I to help these uh, low dog um, motherfuckers out, what I am suggesting is that we have markings on the ground. Now, I know people are going to arc up and say, but it's not part of our great game, but we never used to have a centre square. We never used to have a 50-metre line. So I am proposing we bring in a line every centimetre. Now, it's going to be... It's going to be very fine. It's going to really muddy up the ground. It's going to fucking test the uh, merits of the uh, ground ground stuff as well. Well, it's about time they uh, had had themselves tested because what do they do at the moment? They, you know what I like. You know what is one of the best things you can see is when you go to a local ground, and you know when the boundary line just has a bit of a wonky. Yeah, thing yeah, in it? yeah. Like yeah. the guy's just he's like looked at his phone and he's gone in towards the center for a bit and then come back out. You're yeah, like, yeah. That guy's. Like, you've testing. got to go back. Yeah, you got to redo that. Yeah, you can't fucking let that happen. As they say on those commercials, don't text and mark grounds. It's, it's, it's a scourge, scourge in our nation. Well, balls are out of bounds when clearly they're not really out of bounds. It's just because you've got a shit. So I, I propose a line every centimetre. So they're going to be very, very fine. Mm-hmm. Probably a little hard to see on the broadcast. It might flare. It won't be a good look. But on the ground, if you're an umpire and you go, well, that went 14 metres 87. That is a mar- that is not a mark. Play on. Yeah, and sure. the players go, fair enough. We saw how far it didn't travel. Yeah, and people in the crowd are going, he bloody kicked it 1,550 centimetres, umpire. Come on. Yeah, exactly. And and I think, you know, what could also help them out is if the ball, it, it lights up once it's travelled more than 15 metres. Now, I don't know what kind of technology we can get into, but if we can get bales that zing... Yep, okay. Why can't we have a zinger ball? Um, I actually feel like that's a technology that could be a possibility in the future. They, they'll so be able to work out boot, how far it's travelled. Yeah, so if it leaves your boot... And yeah, they'll be able to work out if it's been touched as everything. well. Oh, so if it touches human hands, so you can see like a hot spot on the ball. Yeah, yeah, so in the future. So I, I think that will probably be after Elon Musk gets us to Mars. I think mm-hmm. he'll then focus on um, the uh, sharing football. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's it's the next thing. Like, well, I mean, they're putting they're putting microchips in mouth guards to, to be able to help out with uh, concussion. That's right. And also the government at the minute, um, they're putting microchips in the vaccine. I've been reading a lot of stuff online about that as well. <laughs> but that's to help with concussions as well. <laughs> So if you get if you like getting on the tram and someone bumps you and then they go, mate, you can't get on a tram for twelve days. You've been concussed. <laughs> it's to help people out. So I propose uh, centimetre lines, a ball that lights up. That way, if this Jeremy Cameron knows to go for the mark, because there's nothing worse than when a player. You know what? When you clearly hear the umpires say that uh, it's play on no fifteen yep. or touched play on, yep. and you know when a player just marks it, they pretend to mark it, and then it's a. There's a secondary ball up. I reckon, because you know when they've heard it. Yeah. I reckon you go, no, mate, that's holding the ball because now you've taken possession and are given no um, uh, indication that you want to get rid of it. Therefore, going back the other way. I could make the argument, oh, well, I imagine you can make the argument for Jeremy Cameron on um, uh, Saturday night that A, he thought it was 15 and B, he maybe didn't hear the umpire because it would have been very loud and a lot of people going um, nuts at the end of the game. Here's a solution for that. So No crowd. You're okay. Hu- <laughs> no, no. Well, partly, but okay, you're at home, right? You can listen in on the umpires because they're way fucking mic'd up now. We hear every whistle. We hear everything they say. Yeah. Why don't we have that blasting through the loudspeakers at the ground? Oh, okay. Yeah, that'd be handy. That'd be handy. So when you hear touch play on, everyone hears it. Everyone who lives near the ground yep. hears it. Everyone driving past is like, fuck, touch play on, and then they hear it on their radios. And then also everything we mm. yell at the umpires, that should also oh. be amplified in, <laughs> into the ground. 
So it goes two ways. Yeah, yeah. It's not a one way street, mate. They got to earn their living. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> so we maybe maybe we we organise like one person oh. or maybe a couple of people to have no, a no. microphone. How good you win. You win the abuser of the week. <laughs> so they sit you in a box, you're on the wing, you're in a really good posse, and they give you the mic and they're like, mate, you've got everyone, you get four people per game, so you get one per quarter. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, go sp- spread the love. And they give you a microphone and they go, mate, it's, uh, it's up to you. Don't choke here, champ. You've got your fucking 25, 30 minutes. Go your hardest. And it's going to be, it's going to be a bit hard in the first quarter because I reckon you've got to know your umpires and have uh, hatred stored up. And you've got to learn a pattern of behaviour too. Like they're, of, they're not yeah. always cheating low dogs in the first quarter apart from Darren Goldspink in the 2001 yeah. prelim against Essendon. But apart from that, I mean, I've let it go. I've let it go. No, you've moved on. I haven't pranked called his news agency in, in, <laughs> in weeks. <laughs> but how good would that be if you had an absolute chance and then everyone in the crowd's looking at you going, fuck, that was good, mate. And that also, you know, uh, a thing I like, you know, sometimes uh, there'll be a microphone around and, and people just give you a bit of a warning, like, oh, that's a hot mic. As in, like, yes. don't yeah. don't pay, pay don't out. Say anything. Don't say anything yeah. bad about the person. Um, yeah. That you write for, um, because they'll hear it. <laughs> <laughs> and but then I think the idea of this one in the box when they got mm. the mic, like they go, just to let you know, this is a hot mic. It will yeah. hear everything you say, and that's the entire point. And you go, go your hardest. And also, if you don't go hard enough, you're like, oh, that was a good decision. Bang, out of the box, substitute. Subbed out. In. Yeah, absolutely. We can't yeah. have that. We can't have anyone say anything positive. No, that's not what this game's about, mate. Hey, um. A few junk time ideas out there for the AFL if you want to get them. So we've got the ball, we've got the hot mic, we've got everything going on and the lines on the ground. So, I mean, fuck me up. Like, what, when are they going to take one of our ideas? Oh, it's got to be coming. I mean, you know, they took our AFL X idea and then they just fucking dropped it after two years. <laughs> it's like, come on, fellas. Hey, you want to talk involved? about uh, Sydney Comedy Festival shows, Adam? They're nearing, they're getting near. So Thursday the uh, Thursday the... 13th of 13th. May, yeah, and the 14th, yep. Friday the 14th at the uh, Factory Theatre in Marrickville. Um, uh, tickets can be found at sydneycomedyfest.com.au. So 13th and 14th of, uh, of May uh, at 7pm uh, at the Factory Theatre, which is going to be coming And sick. this is a show that you've br- brought up from Melbourne, so it's red hot, it's been run in, it's ready to go. That's actually Shango a good point, actually. Fire. That's a really good point, actually. I have done it, you know, 20-odd times, so yeah, so it's yeah. fucking cooking with gas, mate, cooking with gas. Oh, mate, and the people you take down, like, fucking hell, mate, you know, Jetstar, they, <laughs> I'm, surpri- I'm surprised they haven't just given up after the fucking... Tearing that you rip in. Oh, mate, you tear them apart. That is made up, by the way, folks. That is made up. Yeah. Your takedown of Scomo is. Well, I do mention about. I do mention him because obviously. When when you say that Tony Abbott ate an onion and no. that Peter Dutton looks like a potato, okay. I mean the crowd. The crowd roared, Michael. Did you know that dogs and cats are very different? Save it. Save <laughs> it for the show. Save it for the show. Hey, uh, the ladder, Adam. We got a thing oh. that we we may not have seen for a long time um, uh, after seven rounds, but the D's are on top. So I was uh, I found out during the week. So Melbourne first time they'd gone six and zero was uh, since nineteen sixty five. And mm-hmm. did you know in that year they went six and zero? They'd won the flag the previous year. They missed the finals and sacked the coach. They sacked the coach and then they got him back. How's that for? A- Fuck up! Like you, you're the premiership team. You're six and zero. Oh. How far ahead of themselves did the 1965 Melbourne team get? I feel like they might have sacked Norm Smith during the season as well. I believe they did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so then I think they had an interim coach, and then um, I think got Norm back for the next year. I believe. 
Um, so it might be that. a fact without notice. Imagine that Dusty going up there going, I don't want this medal. The guy couldn't even fucking coach. And so he got sacked mid-season. This is embarrassing. I don't want this. Why don't you just give me the fucking Mark Neal award? So they won five out of seven, and then they won 64. So they won six. That sounds about right. Um, and then, yeah, you have half a bad year, and they go, get out of here. <laughs> but I think also, I f- have a feeling that maybe the board um, felt that Norm Smith was getting a bit too much power, and I feel oh. like there was a, some kind of disagreement with the board, and he kind of quit. I think I feel like he might have quit on principle, you know, that kind of thing. You know, princi- uh, there's a quote, actually. It's kind of like, you know, uh, there's, something, there's, some, there's some quote from him about integrity or something. Yeah. Um, so I think he might have more walked than got the right? knife. Yeah, oh, that, that's why you want to win a Norm Smith for the integrity of it all. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, it's amazing. And also, doggies second, and then Port three, and they all seem to be like the kind of uh, the top tier of the teams. So, well, obviously they're on top of the ladder, but like they all seem like at this stage, all the dudes who could have a, a, a good cracker getting deep into September. You would have thought so. Uh, just quick question without notice: Are Port Adelaide flat track? Bullies, Ooh, Michael. I thought you were going to ask, are they real and deal? That's a very <laughs> well, good question. That's a very good question. Mm. I mean, Port's an interesting one by the fact, you know, at the, what, 2014, they had the world at their feet and you thought they're yes. going to, and then after that, made finals maybe a couple of times since then? I reckon maybe once. Um, Port fans might get angry about that, but yeah. but th- that 2014 period, like you're thinking like, you know, it's all going to happen for them. Um, and so now we're, what, seven years on from there. So, you'd, I mean, you'd, you'd want to get something out of them, like, before they have to kind of, you know, as teams do, kind of bottom out and have to kind of go back up again. But they are an exciting team to watch. Mm. And I think every time one team has one bad week, we go... Oh, dude, for sure. For sure. I mean, like, on Monday, Brad Hill was meant to be traded. And now mm. he's, like, awesome. Like, they... Uh, actually, I, I, we might get to him, but I might jump in now quickly. With um, I haven't watched a great deal of AFL 360 this year. And um, I watched about three episodes, I think, this week. And I was amazed at how much time they spent on the Buckley thing. I reckon they did 10, 10 odd minutes each day about Nathan Buckley. And I was like, I, I, I genuinely am confused by this whole thing. You can do a grand final, you can do a prelim, you can do a, a one week, a one win in a finals. And now people are calling for your, calling for your head. And I know there's the trading f- disaster of last um, yeah. last summer. But also, I was talking about this with a friend as well, and you're not that friend. But do you think the coach would actually know about the contracts? Like, would he know what money they have, how the salary cap is going? Like, do you think he actually, they would know that kind of detail? Excellent question without notice. I'd be really I, curious to ask the coach. I would say yes, they they would have some idea. Next time we get a coach on the show, I reckon we put it to them. Jot that down somewhere. Junk timers, remind us when you see us out. But surely but Nathan Buckley's not in the living room at home kind of doing the stats, going, okay, we've got, you know, 7.8 million for this year and we've got to put that up to 8.1 next year and we've got a five-year contract, like... I don't think he would know the ins and outs, but I'm sure he would be aware of how much a player would be getting, wouldn't he? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And he would know that we have, we have true law for five years or whatever. Like he'd know that, but like, but how that contract fits in with the rest of the the rest of the squad? Yeah, I suppose play, uh, coaches would always say we don't coach. You know, we don't pick a side based on the contract. So you're just going as good as you are. But if you know that a player is about to leave, remember Geelong. No, Carlton stopped playing Lockie Henderson when he said, I want to go, I want out of the club. I want to go to Geelong. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And they went, well, all right, we'll go fuck yourself. So they refused to play him. So if he knows that, say, someone's out of contract, 
and is maybe not going to be there next year, would he play a kid in front of that person? I reckon they would. And yeah, they have done that. There were, there were a few players back in the day, like when the Suns came in, weren't they? Who said, we're going to go to the Suns, and they were like, okay, you can go home. It was the Adelaide player. I can't remember who, but I, I can picture him. Anyway. Yeah, who went to the Suns. Yeah. Or did they do that with Phil Davis when he said, I'm going to the Giants? That's a really good question. When um, Jack Gunston went to Hawthorne, he won like best... I think best right. first year player or something, and they I think so took the trophy back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they weren't happy with it. But I suppose the thing about Buckley is, and you know, people want to know about Collingwood because Collingwood fans want to know what's going on. Mm. And anyone who doesn't barrack for Collingwood, fucking, is really reveling in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, they're loving the um, the turmoil. Yeah, I thought I thought North Melbourne did a really were really good yesterday. They were in the game for a long period of time. Melbourne were always going to overrun them, but. They were thereabouts for three quarters, so there's they've got Collingwood this week. There's a huge chance that they could, you know, pinch. They've got to pinch a game at some stage, you'd think. And there'll be massive. I mean, it'll be again massive news. Um, uh, if they do lose, by the fact that I think they're sitting at seventeenth at the minute. I think. Um, yes, that's correct. And then also on top of that, if you think about it, I believe so. What Bucks came in at the end of a started in 2012. Yep. And if I remember correctly. Bomber Thompson was the coach who had gone the longest without winning a flag. So he went from 2000 to 07 before he finally won a flag. And so I think Bucks would be beating that by now if he's gone from 2012 to 2021 no, um, without winning a flag. So you get into kind of these weird areas now as well. Yeah, he would be. How long has Ken Hinckley been coaching for? Eight, nine years? So he would have... I mean, Bucks has obviously got him covered now. Yeah, I feel like Ken Hinckley came in 2014, but it could have been 2013. And then also yeah. Dimmer, I think, went to the Tigers, I think, at 2010. 2010, And that's then, correct. so what yeah. he went then, seven odd years before he actually won a flag. Yeah, seven, eight, yeah. Interesting. It's all happening. Interesting little facts about coaching right there. Yeah. So we've got the uh, the showdown this week, which uh, obviously Port Adelaide were hoping to wear the uh, prison bar uh, jumper, which yep. is a much better looking jumper than the current. I think the current jumper is great, but the, the prison bar one is a fucking cracker. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. I think uh, I think the rule of jumpers is that they need to be able to be uh, drawn by a child very easily. Great. Yeah, I think that's, that's very great. And like when I get children over here, I say, "Draw the fucking Port Adelaide <laughs> jumper." But no, I Although, think that's that's you can tell the skill of a child. Like if they could do the Fitzroy, the old Fitzroy Football Club one freehand, you'd go very. And I don't mean special child. I mean smart special child. Yep, sure, sure. Yeah, no, dig that hole and crawl your way out of it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so it kicked off. It's been a week of that, really. Um, so it has been great. Okay, so. Ugh, try to recap. So, Port want to wear the prison bar jumper. Yep. Collingwood won't let them wear the prison bar jumper, which they got to wear last year, I believe, but that was not in front of their crowd, their crowd, and they wanted to do it for the 150th anniversary. So, they want to wear it for showdowns. Yes. Um, but the deal they have with Collingwood and, mm. I, and the AFL, I suppose, doesn't allow them to. And then there's an agreement from 2007 saying that they could wear the prison bar jumper in a heritage round. Yes. But then heritage round stopped. And yes. so therefore there was no more heritage in the Australian rules uh, game. I don't remember anything. And then that agreement was signed by Eddie and by mm. a few other people. Yes. And then they got brought up on footy classified the other day on Monday night when Eddie was there. 
Wednesday. Wednesday's Eddie, mate. Wednesday, Wednesday night. Sorry, 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 yeah. sorry. Wednesday. Wednesday is the great footy classified where they talk about all the stuff that hasn't been spoken about on the Monday night or the Tuesday night yep. or the Sunday night. And they have Eddie uh, with Kane Corns and... Uh, Ross Lyon. I think it's fair to say Eddie lost his fucking shit. <laughs> Did he? What? He fucking went mental. And you know what I, you know what I loved about it, though? Because in, in, in amongst all that, Eddie gave away... So they said, you guys can wear it in Heritage Rounds, that's fine. And he said, but we had been told yeah. that Heritage Round is just about to finish. So basically, he had insider knowledge. Yeah, yeah. So he signed the contract. He looks like he really, you know, uh, what a great man, so magnanimous. Oh, yeah, no, I'll sign it. You guys can wear it Heritage More than happy, Round. mate. More than happy. Yeah. You know, I'm just <laughs> doing a good deed. It. It's good for in, the game. Good for the game. In perpetuity. <laughs> go for it. Every, I, t- I give you a guarantee. Every Heritage Round from now on, <laughs> you're allowed to wear that jumper. Go I, for it, mate. In fact, I'll fucking print them up for you and I'll bring them over. That's how much I love Port Adelaide and the Port Adelaide Magpies. I swear on my kids. Swear on my kids. Swear on my kids. I mean, I can't wait for another twenty years of seeing <laughs> you wear the jumper in Heritage Round. Where do I sign? <laughs> Let me know. I'm a good bloke. I'm going to sign it twice. I like this so much. I'm going to sign it twice. <laughs> so Eddie cracked it, and um, mm. and also uh, let's all remind the junk timers. Uh, Eddie's a supporter. Has no no control of the club anymore. Um, and then uh, so he knew. Uh, Koshi said he'd be happy to just kind of wear it, like that, just have the, the the club wear it. But they said they AFL said they would dock points if they did wear it. And then Koshi compared Eddie to Donald Trump. Yes. Of oh, which bit? I mean, how dare he? You know, you know, you give me one thing that they've done that's similar to each other. Yeah, I, I just can't. I think Koshi's. He's lost his fucking mind. He's out of line, mate. You've been getting up too early for too long. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's done his head in. Mate, the He's cash cow, you're freaking out. It's not a real cow. Yeah. It's a man in a suit. <laughs> Whoa. What? <laughs> oh, woman. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, you know what stopped them in their tracks, though? It was when the AFL, because, you know, you go fine. You go, oh, I reckon we could handle that. But when they go, we're going to dock your points, you're like, ah, oh, fuck. We need those. Yeah, sure. And I actually reckon, I would be curious in the AFL rule book if that was actually a thing or if that's just a rule they're making up now. Like, I'd be curious be if, you, if you went through the actual rule book. I feel like you can get reported if you're not wearing the correct uniform, like an individual player. Yeah, okay. But no, I feel I like they might – I don't think they've gone that far by the fact they go – I mean, you look back at the rules of, you know, pre-away jumpers and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I think the only – the main thing that you would get fined for back in the day was the away and the home shorts. So if you – because it was always one team would have white and one team would have dark. And so if there was a fuck-up where you got it wrong – like in, particularly like if you were playing out at Waverley or a non – your non-home ground. Oh, yeah. you'd be like, fuck, was it – oh, was this not our home, ga- home game? And yeah, sure, sure. wearing the wrong coloured shorts. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 I actually – in a way, I kind of – think it's been a 20 something year journey of this prison bar yeah. jumper and in a way i do kind of think that it is collingwood's jumper by the fact uh, calm down port fans it's collingwood is initially in the the vfl slash afl first with the black and white stripes and yes. then port does want to play with it and obviously not every game or whatever i do have a, a, a soft spot for collingwood's argument but i also do love watching eddie get really angry for five minutes uh, on a oh. wednesday night Mate, how great was that? How great was it when he basically told Caden Corns to pipe down? And it they, was fucking unbelievable. And he said, uh, "Was it uh, Ports were Port was rats? They they kind of you know, kind of just ran out of the uh, SANFL. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, mate, he fucking... You know the good thing about it? He's really rational when he gets into these decisions. He doesn't go He doesn't go off half-cocked. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure Eddie, when, when Port paid the licence money uh, mm. to come into the comp, he said, no, 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 I'm doing this with the SNFL. <laughs> you yeah. keep that cash. I am not taking yeah. it. No. Yeah. You know what would be the ultimate troll is if the Crows ran out in the Port Adelaide <laughs> prison bar jumper and just went, fuck, mate, we're wearing it. They never threatened us. <laughs> And just get in their kitchens, they'd be like, but, but you, you fucking, what, you can't, you fuck. That would be like, that would shut them down. And I do love the idea as well. Like, I mean, you know, we talk about, you know, the uh, Port fans as, you know, a bit of a joke, you know, no teeth, being yeah. in jail and stuff like that. But it's very funny how it's like colloquially known as the prison bar jumper. And it's like, yes. really, yeah, like, not, you are you're not helping you're yourself. truly suggesting that yeah. that this thing represents prison. It's like, it'd be like... Um, yeah. Uh, the alternative jumper is the meth pipe jumper. Well, that's the thing. It'd be like, you know, old jokes of like, you know, Melbourne having like, you know, the Volvo jumper. And, you know, we, yeah. we, we want to wear the Volvo jumper <laughs> yeah, yeah. every 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 opening of the ski season. Oh, skiing if joke, If we can't sorry. wear our negative gearing shorts. Yeah. <laughs> we, are, we, are, we are leaving the <laughs> AFL, I tell you. Well, we had uh, on the front bar on Thursday night, we had uh, Port Adelaide royalty uh, Greg and Erin Phillips. Well, ah, Greg yes. is Erin obviously plays for Adelaide, but she grew up a uh, Port fan. And he suggested that they should do the prison bar jumper, but with teal instead of white. Okay, yep, okay, gotcha. So that way you're combining the new and the old, and therefore it's not really the Collingwood jumper, it's just, you know, it's teal stripes. Do you think actually ever you ever heard the word teal out loud until Port came into the competition? I don't think I really had much teal in my life. No, I'd, I'd, I'd seen Aqua. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. aware of Aqua because I'm unfortunately a Miami Dolphins fan and they are Aqua. But Teal, nah. Not until Port Adelaide came along and fucking... You know what? They owned it. They like changed the game, didn't they? <laughs> oh, they did, mate. Now, everyone's just talking. Houses are Teal. I wear Teal all the time. I don't even know why. And it's like, because I want to be like Port Adelaide. You can't me. I bleed Teal, mate. I bleed Teal. <laughs> Paddy McCartan's... Uh, He's uh, hurt himself. He was, um, he's obviously playing in the VFL and he wants to get a lifeline back into the AFL. Yeah. And so his brother plays for Sydney, so he was hoping to get back into it. But he's done himself a mischief, Michael. He's gone fucking whooshka in the VFL. He has hurt himself by the fact he, he hurt his fucking knuckles on his left hand. Um, by the fact, who's the player he whacked? Sorry, question without notice. Aaron Black, I believe. Yeah, Former gotcha. North Melbourne player and was playing for Geelong's VFL team. So there's a bit of footage you can find online. Um, mm-hmm. uh, not of McCartan. It's just some real good stuff going around right right now. Um, <laughs> but the, um, uh, Aaron uh, kind of, uh, I suppose, puts his hand out to kind of you know check where McCartan is, and McCartan yeah. kind of whacks it down with a big um, a big uh, left arm, and then he almost kind of swings around and he and he smashes him in the jaw. And the thing I liked about, well, sorry, I didn't like it. Sorry, mm. you don't see this very often though, Adam. In that, no. it was a very slow collapse. It was almost like yeah. It hit me, and now I feel it, and now I'm just going to crumble to the ground. It was a very different one than we normally get. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't like KO. when Brett Staker just went down. Mate, yeah, he, no, he no, barely touched you. Yeah. <laughs> but this one was like out. proper. Yeah, this is like punch, and then the only thing keeping him up was just the perfect balance he had, and then he got, kind of rocked and went back to one knee. And so McCartan, who really needs to be playing well to get that mid-season lifeline, will possibly... How many weeks do you reckon he'll get? I'm saying, I'm saying eight. I think about eight or so. Yeah, he uh, Aaron had a swollen jaw, so I don't think there was any mm. break or anything like that. 
Um, and I actually, actually couldn't even tell you if he had a concussion. I don't think he might have had a con- concussion. No, I think he played out the game. Yeah, okay. Um, but I, I'm on to you, McCartan. I'm on to you. Oh, yeah? I know your plan. Okay, so you've had a lot of concussions in life, okay? McCartan's oh, plan God. is to spread out the concussions. Yeah. So every player has a b- multiple concussions, and therefore mm. he's on an even playing field. Yeah, brings everyone down to his level. I'm on to you, Paddy. <laughs> yeah, so he, he and other... Um, other uh, AFL players can all go to the supermarket together and not remember why they're there. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, they can all be affected by bright light. That's Paddy's yeah. plan. That's Paddy's plan. <laughs> He's playing the long game, just one player at a time. And you know what I heard as well? That he invested that? in um, in uh, football helmets, a company, football helmets. <laughs> Is that right? I'm on to you, Paddy. I know what you're up yeah. to. You, get a, you, you know get what he owns? Increase the sales he in uh, helmets. He owns a mouth guard business with uh, microchips. No in. way. No yeah. way. Come on, that's, Daddy. That's the McCartan legacy, mate. Dude, He's we know what you're up to, <laughs> yeah. Um, A bit of sad news for you, Adam. Um, it's devastating, mate. I don't know how Carlton can go on. And a bit of sad news for the Junk Time Over podcast, too, by the fact that we, we, we were pretty happy when we, um, we coined the, the, the moniker of this uh, next mm. man. But uh, Matt LeBlanc is going to be leaving... The Carlton presidency. Oh, and the legacy he leaves. Remember, some of everyone remembers some of Matt LeBlanc's greatest speeches. That time when he um, uh, he said that thing, probably he had to uh, say he had to show up at um Mick Malthouse's press conference. Yep, yep. Then he had to show up at um Brendan Bolton's press conference. <laughs> yep, yep. Then he uh, showed up at uh, Sauce's press conference. <laughs> he has he has sacked some of the greats of the AFL VFL mm-hmm. um, world. I have a feeling, and I actually only got reminded of this by mate recently. Um, I've got a mm. feeling that I may have met Matt LeBlanc. Now you I have, definitely have. You have, yeah. But I've got a mate who worked with him. Uh, oh yeah, probably oh, ten, ten bit more years ago. Yeah, and he had a thirtieth, and a friend told me um, that Matt LeBlanc was there, and it wasn't a huge crowd, like maybe like. Um, it was like he had to kind of. It was like a, a bit in the um, in the country, I suppose. Yeah, a couple of hours in the country, and um, I think I, I I would imagine that I would have met Matt LeBlanc like oh, there you go. ten something years ago. Yeah, and and you can tell he's charismatic because I have no memory of it whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> so I I met him because I did a gig at the Montmorency Football Club, and he must have an association with that. So they have like a, a lunch. Um, once a year on a Friday Arbo, like a business lunch for all the sponsors and stuff for the club. And he did stand up there. Yeah, a bit and of a bit of Tiger gear, you know, a bit of you know, men and women oh, are different, you know, a bit of. Oh, they are different. Some of the good stuff, yeah, sure. Yeah, some of some of my greats. Uh, what's up with cab drivers? All that sort of shit. It's really <laughs> fun sort of stuff. Um, and so Matt was there, and I said g'day and stuff. And then I reckon I ran into him about a year after that at a Carlton function that I was. You uh, were doing Carltonian shit, yeah. Carltonians, yeah. And he came over, and he could see. He came over with like the wrecking, like he knew. I think he knew he knew me, but didn't know how. Yeah, And sure. it was kind of like he did the big. Oh, great to see you. I was like, you can't remember. You can't remember one of my fucking cracking jokes in that half hour. They, they were cracking jokes. Yeah, I mean. I mean, you know, why do they put a little whistle on a life vest, you know, like as if who's going to hear, you know? Why don't they make the whole plane out of the Why don't they? Recorder? I mean, that's a very good point. You bring that up. Yeah. <laughs> and I know you mop, I asked, but... <laughs> I ask a hard question when I'm on stage. <laughs> so Matt LeBlanc is, uh, is no longer and he's been taken over by a man 
whose surname is Sayers, and I can't remember his first name. Yeah, so I believe actually we're recording this on the Monday night, Eastern Standard <coughs> Time, and yeah. I think he's going to be confirmed at a, at a meeting today, like tonight. Ratified. Ratified, yeah, yeah. So Matt Ratified. is like literally out, like Wednesday announcement, I'm gone. I'm not waiting around to the end of the year. No, he is waiting around. Aren't they just doing this uh, this smooth transition? Oh, uh, okay, he's okay. Be there for the year. Well, I think just going, I feel when I step down, he takes over. Okay, gotcha. I feel like maybe then it might might be a bit different because you know boards obviously have like different rules and stuff. But he was the yeah. I think he was like the president elect, I suppose. And so maybe it's like confirming him, and then yeah, right. um and then maybe yeah, Matt Block, you know, you know, goes well, out, goes out as he will this year, mm. walking off the ground. Yeah. Last day of September, holding the Premiership couple <laughs> off, saying, boys, we got there. <laughs> it would just be great that he's got, he's got another four months to just finish that speaking tour. You know? <laughs> and people can go knowing that it's going to be the last time they'll hear Matt LeBlanc speak. I think it would be huge. Um, good news today for Richmond fans. Oh, what have we got? Dusty came back. He did? He did. So last week he went to New Zealand to go and see mm. Shane. A.K.A. Dad. And I did find it interesting, actually, because they had footage of Dusty kind of on the um, uh, on the news, like, uh, you know, landing back. Yeah. And I did find it interesting. He had, he had a very large suitcase, which I reckon you could hold oh, maybe okay. about 95, 100 kilos in there. And I'm thinking, <laughs> has, is, has he smuggled Shane back into the country? Oh, you think he's brought his dad back? <laughs> do you think? Do you think how, how closely are they going to check the bags too? Also, yeah, like yeah. you know, can you can you smuggle a human into the country? And also, like I mean, Dusty too. Oh, like yes. they'd be like, oh mate, you know, first class. You know, yep. you know, come on through, mate. You know, we know who you are. We, we can see the neck, neck tats. We know who you are. Yeah. Um, we we can see your name. It's written all over your <laughs> arm, and your chest, and <laughs> yep, your neck. Yep. But I feel like he's brought back maybe uh, he had a very. It's just a very large suitcase. Okay, that, I'm just saying. Maybe yeah. Shane, maybe Shane went into into storage for four hours with a flight back, and maybe could have you know maybe strolling around Richmond right now. Yeah, so at the border force people going, you haven't ticked um, Dad. <laughs> you haven't ticked Dad on the on the little form here. Is that um, should you? He goes, oh yeah, no, I'm not I'm not carrying any dads at all. <laughs> I, I haven't been outside of Auckland basically. I've just been hanging there. Is that where he goes, Auckland? To say Shane. Uh Excellent question without notice. I do not know the whereabouts of Shane, and I am going to keep it that way. And I feel like there are times that Shane's been interviewed by the police, and he says, I do not know the whereabouts of... (laughs) 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 It's always good to make fun of bikies. (laughs) Won't come back to haunt us at all. Hey, don't forget my Sydney Comedy Festival show. It's going to be on Thursday, May 13, Friday, May 14, 7pm at the Factory Theatre in Marrickville. You can go to sydneycomedyfest.com.au to get tickets. It's going to be fucking cracker, mate. It's going to be fucking cracker. How many songs do you do in this one? Um, oh, well, I, I do I do clean versions of Kevin Bloody Wilson songs, okay? Because <laughs> I don't like Having that fruity, I don't like that fruity talk. <laughs> yeah. I think it, if, if, if it does appeal, I think, I think I'd... Did a search of the script recently. It was, I think I say the word "fuckwit" thirty-seven times, but it's in context. It's in context. Mate, always. They in all. Context. They all. I know, I know you. It's all within like a four-minute chunk, but it's good stuff. Hey, football in real life from Jonathan. Uh, while walking through uh, Barangaroo on Saturday lunchtime, on my way to a late lunch at the Crown. Whoa, I'm doing very well for myself. 
Barangaroo, that's up your neck of the woods, isn't it? Near Rod Carter Studio. No, no, that's near Darling Harbour. Kind of, that's an old oh, okay. neck of the woods of mine. Actually, I think the last time I kind of walked past the con- that area, the construction site was still going. So that was a few. That was a number of years ago now. Okay. And then um, Crown in Sydney, they went. Um, Oh, we've built this big building, but you know what we forgot to get was a gaming license. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, no. Oh, we kind of fucked that up. Um, I noticed a good-looking middle-aged man. Oh, <laughs> I mean, this is a, clearly a story about me. Mm-hmm. Um, carrying what looked like a marketing pull-up in one hand, a sports bag in the other, and a very big backpack over both shoulders. Looking like he was on the way to a multi-level marketing convention, he strode through the restaurant clientele and groups of 20-somethings waiting to board uh, Saturday afternoon harbour cruise, party boats. Oh, party boat. Oh, Have a good party boat. Fucking party boat. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Um, after a double take and a glimpse at the stylized facial hair and Geelong logo on the enormous backpack, I realised it was none other than Geelong coach Chris Scott. Well, there you go. So let me think, they played Saturday, yeah, so he's wandering through. They played Saturday night, so he's just going for a wander around, clearing his head, thinking, how am I going to, who's going to shut down um, James Rowbottom? What am I going to do? I'm trying to think, actually. I wonder where they would stay when they choose to stay uh, in Sydney. I... Because I I stayed... Cut you off very quickly, which I've been wanting to say for eight years. Never fucking Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, Darling Harbour, Barangaroo area, it's... It's not like next door to the SCG. Like it's yeah. a bit of a hike, but like nothing ridiculous. But maybe they're in. There. But he, it seems like he's like ready for game day, like in the gear and stuff. Oh, maybe, or maybe he's going into a hotel. Well, they would have come the night before, surely. I'm just yeah, make, I'm so. just saying words that loud now, really, aren't I? So I went and saw Carlton v Sydney in 2013. Mm-hmm. I flew up there with a friend of the show, Dave Hughes. We went to watch the Blue Baggers and we stayed at the Intercontinental in Sydney and that's where the Blue Baggers were staying. So I'm going to assume that that's probably the AFL-approved hotel. Yeah, okay, gotcha. In I, the city. I, I, I'm, I, yeah, I'm, I'm failing to kind of work out where the Intercontinental is. but um, George Street, that rings a bell. Yeah, gotcha. Um. So, uh, continuing, clearly a doubling is Kitman for the day. <laughs> That's so close to Catman. <laughs> That'd be so cool. Actually, if if, if Chris got went well, there's oh. no there's no more Catman. So I've yeah. I've got to take up the take up the the job. You know what would be great is if um, at halftime they're down three quarter time they're struggling. He comes out, so he disappears five minutes before the three quarter time siren, and then comes out as Catman. <laughs> And you see him, you see Catman just giving this fucking spray, like really just <laughs> like slashing at players' faces and stuff. Yeah, he's marking you his know, territory, sh- he's doing everything. Yeah, shits in a kitty litter box, <laughs> throws it over them, and you go, fucking hell, he has really... And then they come home and storm home for a win. I think that'd be good. Clearly Dublin is Kitman for the day. He was completely ignored by the Sydney Siders, and as a West Coast supporter, I had was in no position to give him any shit. Oh, I reckon he would have had a chat. Absolutely. If he's as friendly as his brother... Uh, which, yeah, no, uh, good point, actually, which, yeah. Which, judging by the uh, press conferences he does, he's not. Ha. Hey, are we going to hit the road? Cheap plug, don't forget my Sydney Comedy Festival shows. We're going to hit the road. We are Junktime Alpha Pod at Gmail, Twitter, Facebook, and the Gram. Go. Go Dragons.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.